0: Digital Jaguars. Jaguars. Digital Jaguars. Drive time. Brian Sexton, John Osher, Ashlyn Sullivan. Jaguars. Drive time starts right now. Good morning, and welcome to Jags Drive Time on TuneIn Radio. As you can see, it's not a very lovely morning in Jacksonville. i got to be honest with you. I sat on the Arlington Expressway for more than an hour this morning, so I don't think it's a really lovely morning in Jacksonville, Florida. I think it might be by the time the show is done, but if you were sitting with me on the Arlington Expressway or if you're on I-10 where I guess it's been a mess as well, it doesn't feel like a lovely morning in Jacksonville. Ryan Sexton along with John Osier, Ashlyn Sullivan's here. Hi, John.
1: I had a nice little drive. I in. was just about to say, I yeah. rolled up about I'm going to be
0: cold on the sidelines on Sunday. You'll be warm. I sat in traffic. You probably had no issues.
1: Yeah, I prefer here rather than there.
0: <laughs> yeah, I figured <laughs> right. It's good to sit on the right side of the studio this morning. Brian Sexton along with John Osher. Ashlyn Sullivan is here. And we're going to get right into big things, I believe, because the coach is on his way. So let's, um, let's grab Ashlyn. Hi, Ashlyn. How are you this morning? Good morning. How are you guys? Excellent. Now that you're here.
2: Now that I am here, big thing here. number one, back to Steel City. The big thing here is playoff experience. The Steelers have been in the postseason the last four playoffs. The Jags have been, have one wild card game under their belts. So now the question here, guys, is, is that experience going to come into play on Sunday? Now these Jags, they go in and they act like they've been there before. So is it really that big of a problem?
1: The
0: value of playoff experience this week?
1: Uh, I think it matters. Uh, It's certainly good, I think, that they got that first game out of the way. It seemed, I don't know if it was the environment, the crowd, et cetera, et cetera, that the offense was a touch nervous early last week. That could be just my amateur analysis. No, no, it felt like that on the sidelines. uh, It felt a little tight. Let's say it was, okay for argument's sake. You would think that would be out of it. And I do think going up there that there is a looseness – The team certainly felt loose this week in listening to Doug Marone when he's speaking to the media. Uh, He certainly seems confident, et cetera, et cetera. All those things that you want. I think the biggest factor, not so much playoff experience, but that you're going to Pittsburgh and you're playing in the weather. They're used to it. They're used to that environment. I do think that's good for them. It doesn't necessarily mean it has to be bad for the Jaguars.
0: So loose and free was the way that that 2007 team felt when we went up there Um, by that time. Ben Roethlisberger had already won a Super Bowl. Which I right? don't
1: think this team knows
0: how to be any other way, by well, the way. Well, exactly. And that's my point, right. is is that when, by that time in 07, when we went back up there three weeks later, uh, Ben had already won a Super Bowl previous season and was already playoff tested by that point. And that Jacksonville team really wasn't, yet they went up and they just did what they did, right? They ran the ball, played pretty good defense. Rasheen Mathis had a pick 6 mm-hmm. it, at that point, it didn't matter who had more playoff experience or who had less. They played loose and free. And that's the question I've had for the guys in the locker room all week. Just comfortable, right? It's almost a house money question. None of them like that right. this week. But at this point, this team feels like, hey, we've already won there once. We know what to expect from the crowd and the elements. They've played in cold weather. They're just going to go do what they do. I also think we've been talking about leadership
1: with this team all year. And there are some teams I've been around where you talk about leadership where when you're talking about it, you're talking about it, but it doesn't really matter. Right. Um, with this team, Calais Campbell, Barry Church, AJ Boy, the guys that Doug's been talking about all week, all season, and they are the leaders. And I do think the fact that they've been here before, they've been through it, uh, in Clayus's case, he's been deep into the playoffs with a team that really wasn't favored to get there. I think they do feed off his mentality, his message, his experience, And they almost internalize it, if you will. Right. So I just don't see this being a deal. It doesn't feel like young, upstart team against experienced veteran team. I think Mercedes Lewis said... uh, You're going right where I was going, yep. This is a team that, even though they haven't been here before, they certainly act like they've been here before wherever they go. So
0: I just don't see confidence being a big deal this week. And he's the only guy, obviously, who was here in 07 when the Jaguars won twice. He said the same thing. On Monday, all right. We'll take a break. When we return, head coach Doug Marone joins us for his weekly "Coffee with the Coach" segment here on Jags Drive Time on TuneIn Radio and social media. Jags Wired is a brand new show that brings you closer to the field than anywhere else. We mock up the players. We're giving it our wholesale today, baby. Giving you exclusive access to what's happening on the sideline. Let's set this tempo. And on the field.
3: You can't block me.
0: We break down every aspect of Sunday's game, taking you inside the film room and the locker room. And we beat a good football team. Jags Wired airs Wednesday nights at 730 on Fox 30. And on Jaguars.com and the Jaguars apps. Jags Wired. Don't miss it.
2: Jags fans, experience Everbank Field in an entirely new way. Visit jaguars.com slash tours and book a fully guided behind-the-scenes stadium visit. Hear stories of great plays by Jaguars legends. Get up close and personal with the famous video boards. And see why the travel channel named Everbank Field is one of the 15 bucket list destinations for any football fan. Discounts available for children, first responders, and military. Visit jaguars.com slash tours for tickets and complete tales. See you at the bank.
0: We return to Everbank Field for another segment of Jags Drive Time. Special segment this week, head coach Doug Marone joins us. Um, you know, you've been great at just avoiding all distractions this year, but this week it's kind of hard with the added attention. There's only eight teams still playing. You know, there's more media here. There's more questions. There's more There's more questions you've answered all season long because these guys haven't been in here. How have you kept your team focused?
3: Well, I think like anything else. I, you know, you say there's been distractions. I, I don't even see them, me personally. You know, so we go across our our business during the week. You know, we we have a a schedule of how we want to do things. We've been fortunate that we've been playing on Sundays. I actually like that, and at one o'clock because it keeps us on the same schedule that we've had most of the season. And I, and I've addressed this before. I said, you know, when you're when once you walk through those gates and you're inside this building you know, there aren't any distractions. You know, I think the distractions come from um, outside the building, whether it be family or friends or people that you, that you meet. And, and that's the key of not letting them take you to a place where you're going to change, you know, how you prepare for that game or how you feel for that game. And it's something that we've talked about with the team and something that, you know, I believe we've done a good job with.
1: Have you been out enough in the community, which I know you'll say no, but uh, to get a sense of the enthusiasm of the city? Right now. Yeah,
3: I I think, you know, I think you understand that for, you know, what you hear from your family, you know, like my wife and my kids and, you know, hey, everybody's ready. Everybody's excited. You know, last night I was able to, uh, you know, to get out. My son was playing a basketball game and, you know, you walk in there and, and people are excited. and but, but as a coach and as a team, this is what you want. You know, you want people to be excited. You want high expectations for your team. You want... You want those things because that means you've done a good job. So, you know, it comes with winning, and you have to understand that and be able to accept that and be able to, um, you know, manage those situations so it doesn't take you off what you need to do to be successful.
0: How was the basketball game? Did they win?
3: Well, Joe kept me here. He tried to get me out a little bit early, but, you know, I only caught the last two minutes, but it was – so it was, it was tough. But I appreciate Joe giving me at least those two minutes. Those are two minutes you can't get back.
0: <laughs> Joe, executive producer, Joe Fortune. Executive producer, exactly yeah, right. Well, that executive, you think, sometimes it goes to his head. No,
3: but I appreciate him doing that, though.
0: It, um, it's going to be cold again this week, obviously. Uh, the weather is a question I know you've answered a lot this week. Does it, like anything else, it's just what you do?
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, everyone – and I, I get it. I, I totally do. It's, you know – you know you have the weather you have the stadium you have the fans you're going on the road you have this you have that and and all that stuff it's all good it's all stuff that's talked about but at the end of the day you know like i said before when when you're you know when that ball's kicked off it's all about the execution and performance on that field all that other stuff doesn't really come into play you know, at least for the players. And like I said before, uh, earlier on in the week, I was like, hey, listen, I remember being on that sideline when we didn't have anything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, no heaters, nothing like that. And then we started, you know, they started to get to it. And I said, you know, nowadays, even when I'm standing on the, you know, on, on you know, up close to the field, you know, I can still feel heat from the sideline during the game. So, you know, just think about if you're a player – you know, you're you're there. You're warmed up. You go on the field. You're running around. You come off the field. You're running back. It so it's not as um, difficult, I guess. Right. You know, as as people think. And you know they you know whether it's you know Nike or Under Armour or whatever it may be. They have all this thermal wear stuff, which is. You know, didn't you know, have thermal wear in your day. No, I was like that. the I was the Michelin man. You know, what I'm saying <laughs> everything was you know puffy and you know everyone was into the down stuff. You know, back then and there, you know those down jackets and things of that nature. So, um, but like I said before, it's it's uh you know you focus on your performance and, and winning a football game and, and kind of all the rest of that stuff gets blocked out.
1: You kind of went over you know one of your press conferences this week. The list of Steelers Pro Bowlers, etc. You talked about how good they are offensively, and the talent on their roster. I think maybe people overlook that because this team beat them earlier this year. But this is a talented team.
3: Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, it's probably the most talented roster that that will have faced or have faced, you know, during the course of the year. When you look at at top to bottom, plus, you know, they're a team that that's you know been in this situation numerous times. They're a team that you know, goes in there and expects to win, expects to win at this time of year, um, you know, and, and all those things, you know, come into play of, of you know, you're playing against a, a good football team. Like I always say, there's, there's about eight teams, you know, in this league that get it, you know, that are there consistently. There's other teams that are trying to be like them. Um, you know, they're one of the teams that, that get it. I mean, they're in there all the time, so it's going to be a great challenge for us.
0: Yeah, and it goes more than just the, the coach and the players. That Steelers organization. I mean, in all the years you've been around professional football, uh it's remarkable. They they've had some ups and downs but not many and going all the way back to Chuck Noel. They just do things the Steeler way.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, you know Mr. Rooney obviously, he's he's passed right. and and I have a great deal of respect for him. I remember and I tell the story all the time, you know, when we were going to go scrimmage against the Steelers and I was the head coach at Buffalo, you know, we had we had taken a trip up there, and and we we arrived, and you know, security people came to me, and they said, uh, uh, "Mr. Rooney would like to see you." I said, "Oh, I'm in trouble." You know, I just <laughs> so shoot. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, and I, they escorted me up to, you know, they were the dorms, but they had offices in the dorms, and, and Mr. Rooney came out, and he said, "You know, listen, we appreciate this opportunity, and you are our guest." And I want to make sure that you have everything you need for you and your football team. And if there are any issues, you make sure you come right to me. And and I just thought, you know, how many owners, you know, will take that time to do that? And, you know, he's just, you know, he was, was, you know, just a a class, ton of class, you know. And I think that that organization from from him down now you know, with, with obviously the Sun and everyone there. It's, just, it's, it's a class organization. And, 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 and me as a coach, I, I appreciate that, and I appreciate the way they do business, and I'm excited about the challenge on Sunday. The
1: answer to answer your question, it's a short list of owners who would have done that. He's a class act. He always was.
0: Well, it goes back. I mean, people, people don't realize that from 1929 until 1972, the Steelers didn't have a season where they had more wins than losses. They struggled, and then all of a sudden they found their rhythm and that organization's consistency has been the same ever since then. And, and from the chief through Art Rooney, now down to the son. Um, I guess the point is, is that building consistency isn't an easy thing to do, but once you get there, you know what it looks like.
3: Yeah, I think once you get there, you know what it looks like. I think that, you know, the, the, the challenge always is is that consistency and being able to do it. You're, you're out knowing that, you know, like you said, things are going to come up on the outside to try to drive that apart and to stay close together and, and, and to keep the, the messaging and, and, you know, the same for the, the players and the coaching and the work ethic and the things that you do. You know, that it, it takes a great amount of focus and a great amount of professionalism, and it just can't be with – you know the coach or the player that has to come from from everywhere in the organization, and I think Pittsburgh's a, a good example of how that's occurred.
1: You talked all year, Doug, about this team being different. These guys are different. You said again this week, I assume this team. You don't worry about ever being ready, do you? This is what no. you are seeing. I mean, it's. I, I yeah. Different I mean, you
3: know, like you know, people say, "How's the team? Is the team tight?" No, like you know, <laughs> cause sometimes you would say, "Okay, hey, listen, this team, you know, you know." Um, Here's where we are. We haven't been there before. You think they're a little tight, and you know, teams are like no. We, you know, we expected to be here. You know, this is what we want. This is what we play for, and and it's it's good because that's that's one thing that I don't have to, you know, um, be concerned about or bring up or talk with them about. And um, you know, they're are a, a young bunch of guys, and you know, there's is they have a confidence about themselves. And, you know, they put in the work and, you know, they're excited to, to go out there. And, and, and really, you know, for them, it's about, you know, gaining respect. And it's something that, you know, I think for the players, they can probably talk about it even better than I can about, you know, hey, listen, you know, not a lot of people talked about the Jaguars. No, no one really said anything. You know, preseason people kind of laughed, laughed, laughed about us. Sure. People said things about us. And, you know, there was a, there was a group of – Older players that we've we've gotten in here, and there's a group of younger players that you know went out and said, "Hey, listen, we're, we're going to strive to be you know in these conversations, and we're going to strive to you know win and and th- these things have taken over, and, and that's that's how this team feels. So you know they're o- they always have this little chip on their shoulder about you know trying to gain the respect of you know their peers, you know in in, in, in what we're we're trying to accomplish and winning the football game.
0: I guess to wrap it up, uh, it's professional football. It's about the money. It's your profession. It's a serious business. But are you enjoying this? I mean, is it fun in any way, or is it, or do you let that come in later after it's all over?
3: I mean, my 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 personality is awful to enjoy things. You know, <laughs> I'm being honest. I mean, oh, that's why I asked. Cause yeah, I, was curious. I mean, so you know, I'm I'm focused in. I I, I want to go. You know, I'm, I'm ready to go. You know, and and I think it's one of those things like. You know, you look back. Like I say, I'm always two years behind. You know, so and what I'm saying about that is, you know, there was a point my first year in New Orleans when we went to the championship game, the NFC championship game. Then immediately my mindset was on the next year. and We're like, we've got to win a Super Bowl. Got to win a Super Bowl. And then I remember they they had made a book for the season. You know, because it was after Katrina and everything like that. So it was a good book. It was a, basically a picture book, a coffee table type book. And so now it's two years. And it's on the coffee table and it's in the summer. And I remember picking the book up and, and kind of looking through it and it brought such great joy, I guess, to me. And it brought back all those memories. And I think the one thing about being in the NFL, at least for me, is it, it's continually going. You know, you see it from a standpoint of, of news. I mean, it's it's all year round. Well, it's the same for us as coaches. You know, it's all year round. You know, we're playing. You know, once you're done playing, you're, you're on, f- you know, free agency on your team. You're evaluating everything. You're back into it. You're ready for the draft. You're ready for, you know, so there's never really a time to sit back and go, hmm, you know what? That was pretty cool, you yeah. know, of, of all those things that gone on. So I'm sure there are people that are able to enjoy it. I'm not one of them. You live it in the moment. Live it in the moment.
0: There's a, uh, a guy who used to write here, wrote 25 years in the NFL, longer, 40 he once said it's the memories that make us rich, and so it's the memories years later, obviously. You you live in the moment, you accumulate the memories, and you enjoy them with your family down the line.
3: Absolutely. All
0: right, Coach, thanks so much. Great. Good thank luck you. on Sunday. All right, Coach, Brian, thanks. John, thank you. We'll take a break. When we return, we get back to big things, and of course he will, he won't, and he might here in 60 seconds. Hey.
2: Everbank Field in an entirely new way. Visit jaguars.com/tours and book a fully guided behind the scenes stadium visit. Hear stories of great plays by Jaguars legends. Get up close and person with the famous video boards and see why the travel channel named Everbank Field is one of the 15 bucket list destinations for any football fan. Discounts available for children, first responders and military. Visit jaguars.com/tours for tickets and complete tales. See you at the bank. Jags
0: Wired is a brand new show that brings you closer to the field than anywhere else.
2: Chris, we
0: back up the players. We're giving
2: it our wholesale today,
0: baby. We're giving you exclusive access to what's happening on the sideline. Let's set this tempo. And on the field. You can't block me. We break down every aspect of Sunday's game, taking you inside the film room and the locker room. And we beat a good football team. Jags Wired airs Wednesday nights at 730 on Fox 30 and on Jaguars.com and the Jaguars apps. Jags Wired. Don't miss it.
2: Jags drag him on this Friday morning. Ashlyn Sullivan here with big thing number two, do it with defense. That is how the Jags are going to have to tackle this game on Sunday. Blake Bortles is not the storyline of this game unless he loses the turnover battle and lets the game get out of hand. Now, guys, I want to bring it back to week five when Big Ben threw five picks that week. Everyone this week is saying, no way that happens again, but that didn't happen because he got a bad night of sleep. That happened because he was pressured by the number one defense in the league. So my question is, Why can that not happen again? Well,
0: you're right. It's a great point, by the way. And I think that there are some people in the NFL circles who have made Blake the eternal punching bag. Mm -hmm. And it is going to be a story to them. But as far as I see it, the dominant side of this team is its defense. And the dominant side wins the ball game on Sunday. You win it with defense.
1: Well, I I think Blake will be a storyline because I think they will be more aggressive offensively in this game. And I think if they're going to win... They're going to have to to hit and take some shots downfield. To your point, five interceptions, two sacks, that's seven impact plays on the quarterback uh, negatively for the offense, and there were more in terms of pressure. The five interceptions is probably an outlier. Right. He had never done it before. The seven impact plays against with more pressure doesn't have to be an outlier. Uh, You don't necessarily get the interceptions, but if your defense is – touching the football, meaning defending passes, if it's disrupting, if it's getting sack fumbles, they need to get somewhere close. They they need to get three turnovers. And that could be icing it at the end. It could be doing it early. More than that, though, Brian, to me the key is I believe Pittsburgh's going to move the ball efficiently in this game. Can they keep them out of the end zone when they do that? They did that three times in Pittsburgh. They had three red zone it opportunities. Kept them in the game. You bet. While... It kept them in the game and gave the turnovers time to matter, if that makes any sense. It does. And I think that's going to be the key. Can you survive an early onslaught of energy, emotion, efficiency from that offense, stay in it, and then let what you do well, which is create
0: turnovers, matter? I think we're on the same page. I get that Blake is going to have to make some throws. He made some the last time, too. People forget mm-hmm. the two shots that he took down the field to Marquise, the one to Alan Hearns in the middle. I get it. But it's going to be the defense that's going to get the Steelers off the field on a critical third down deep in their territory to force a field goal or deep in their territory to force a punt from the end zone. And it'll be the
1: defense that changes momentum. Yes, that's
0: exactly it. Well said.
1: And that's what it has to do. I mean, when you build with this kind of a defense, when you make the playoffs and you're 11-6 and mainly based on your defense, then in the biggest game, you need that defense
0: to silence <sighs> all the, uh, the towels. You know,
1: all, all of this. When they start playing Ooh. "Renegade" by Sticks, right? You need the defense to shut that down.
0: By the way, when you hear "Renegade" by Sticks, you know things are not going your direction. All right, back in the direction of Ashland one more time for the final big thing this morning. What you got?
2: Yes, big thing number three: the offensive approach for Sunday, and I think the key word here is control. Blake, don't be a superstar, just win the turnover battle. Last week, I want to point out what Ramsey said in the locker room after the game. He said, if our offense gets a few points on the board, we're going to take it from there. That's all we need to win the game.
0: So throw to set up the run. Yeah, you know, 90% of the time.
1: But I just keep picturing Seattle. I think they need a play. In those three weeks where the offense was going so well, they were able to... It starts up front, which is the old cliche. Get Bortles enough time to get these fast receivers open, give them the confidence to throw it. I think they need one or two of those. I don't think this is going to be a game where Bortles throws for 400 and he outguns Roethlisberger. But I think there needs to be a few plays where they flip the field in one shot because I don't think you're going to have a game where you, run, where you rush for 231 and dominate the line of scrimmage. So somehow – The field has to get flipped if you're not going to run to flip the field. And And I do think somewhere along the line, in the first half, second half, you need some sort of momentum play out of Blake Bortles to flip the field, get things going in your direction. For the Jaguars' sake, you hope that one of those is a touchdown.
0: It's worth noting, Artie Burns, one of their starting corners, is on the injury report with a knee that he tweaked, right? A rookie starts if he doesn't. Also, up front. No Ryan Shazier. And if you watched closely in the last game, or if you went back like I did this week and watched a few times again, man, Shazier is such an impact player. He was always around the ball. He was always in the right gap, and he would make that that tackle, mm-hmm. even though the yard says that they didn't make many tackles, 231. Right. Uh, and on that 113-play drive, the Jaguars ran the ball down their throat. Not having him, Stefan Tuitt, one of their... Excellent defensive lineman. has been playing with a bicep tendon all season long. was on the injury report again this week. Uh, I mean, there's going to be some chances, I think, to run the ball. The loss of uh, Shazier to me, I still think you're going to have trouble running the
1: ball because this team, the Jaguars, have had trouble running the ball. So I don't think that necessarily changes. I'm not making
0: the argument that that, that, that is a matchup they win this week. But Shazier's loss is equivalent to the loss of Telvin Smith if you were to lose Telvin Smith. And they were vulnerable to the tight ends when Telvin wasn't there because that's what he does. And this you guy's also a great run lost
1: stopper. the ability to score defensively when you lose Telvin Smith. Now, Jerry's didn't lose the entire ability, but you take away a guy who on defense can turn the
0: game Well, he did. At the end of the half, when James O'Shaughnessy was bent over, one of the Steelers who was on the ground, he recognized that he wasn't down and went and took the ball away. Heck, I'm standing there watching it thinking, that's a fumble. That's what you lose when you lose Shazier. You lose that once-a-half impact play that changes the field again. Set up the field goal, made it a much different game. 7-6 at the half, which set up 9-7 on the first drive of the third quarter. Changed the momentum, and of course the defense took it back. All right, time for he will, he won't. He might. And I'm thinking we should shake it up this week, Ashlyn, and you should go first.
2: All right. I like that idea. I'm starting off here with Mercedes Lewis. He will rack up some stats on Sunday. I say this because Blake Bortles, Mercedes Lewis, they're a pair. They're linked. And I think when you have a pressure-filled game, you go to your go-to guy. So I think Mercedes does get the ball a lot on Sunday. He won't let the game get too big for him. Now, not because of playoff experience, but just with life experience, I don't think he ever lets himself get out of hand. John, yesterday on Ozone Life, he said, play every day like it's a one-day contract. I think he does just that on Sunday. And he might have the most pride with this new Jaguars team. Yesterday, he kept calling them the new Jaguars. You can tell he is really happy to be a part of this team.
0: All right. I've got a number between 1 and 10. Guess what it is? It's uh, three and I'm going. So it w- <laughs> it was three. <laughs> it
1: um, was three. Well, it's going to be a good weekend for the Jaggies. Um, I'm going to go with Corey Grant. He will be active because he's been active uh, uh, pretty much all season, and he's going to be part of the game plan. I believe he'll he'll be active because he's going to return kickoffs. But I think they need something. They need some sort of speed element in this offense. He he will. He won't. He's not going to be is it taking you that long to figure a out a Leonard Fournette in this game. Okay. He's not going to get twenty carries. He's not going to get twenty-five carries. But what he can give you, again, is that speed impact. He might he might be the thing that this offense needs. And for the last three, four, five weeks, it's felt like the running game needs some sort of a spark, needs some sort of a big play. They haven't really gone to that. They did it, I think, once last week against Buffalo where he almost broke one. It feels like there should be something in the offense for Corey Grant. If he doesn't make an impact offensively, you just wonder if it's not the week that, shh, special teams. Something in the equation where you use his speed for this reason, Brian. I think the cold's going to be a factor. But getting the ball to him on the ground, the cold won't slow him down. It might slow down the passing game. It's not going to slow down his speed. Excellent points.
0: I will finish with Yannick Ngakwe. Uh, it's been a few weeks since he's had a sack and I say he will affect the quarterback on Sunday. If you go back and watch the tape again, as I did, he was, he was constantly a half a step away from Ben Roethlisberger. I think he made Ben Roethlisberger think about, you know, where is 91? Where's he coming from? Mm -hmm. Uh, the big left tackle six, nine, you know, three twenty five Villanueva. Uh, he was able to keep. Yannick from getting to the quarterback. But Yannick is a student of the game, if nothing else, uh, focuses on his technique and will be a guy who will take advantage of what he learned in the first matchup and affect the quarterback on Sunday. Now, he won't necessarily get a sack because Ben Roethlisberger is rarely sacked. Only 24 times. He does not go down very easily. He's a big, strong guy. In fact, there have been coaches through the years who have asked me to point out that his accuracy goes up, right? Goes up. After you hit him, he's that determined. So, Yannick Ngakwe won't necessarily get a sack, but he might be the X factor. He might do what he has done seven times this year, which is put the ball on the ground from the quarterback's hand. Led the league with seven forced fumbles. That could turn into a touchdown on a frozen field. It might bounce the right way. That could be the difference in the ballgame. Yannick Ngakwe could be the X factor for the defense, like Corey Grant might be for the offense. I was going to say, Yannick. Well, then it's good day for me. All right, John. Thanks I- so much. It was nice to sit in. I'm glad that your drive in this morning was great. And I'm it was glad awesome. that you can look forward to a very warm day in that press box. Morning. A light blazer. I'm going after this. I'm in touch with you. Ashlyn, thank you all as always for big things and your contributions this morning. Joe Fortunato, as you heard Doug Marone say, where would we be without him and the guy really who runs everything and builds everything of value here? Kidding Pat, Pat Kavanaugh. See you guys.